Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, McCall, how are you? I'm good, Kirsty. How are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, this is going to be a fun day. We've got kids going back to school. So we figured, why not bring back one of our favorite places that kids can go, which is Boonshaft Museum of Discovery. I know. I'm so excited because it's an interactive podcast, vodcast today. So hopefully, if you're listening, um, you can follow along. But it might be better to just go check out the podcast version and, uh, and do the activity along with us. Exactly. So our guide today is going to be Jason Heaton, which you have heard from him before. He's our director of astronomy at Boonshoft, and uh, we had him on a couple podcasts ago, and uh, he mentioned that, you know, we had asked, you know, what can kids do now that we've got different social distancing guidelines and, you know, what were kids doing in the summer? And he mentioned that Boonshoft actually has a ton of, you know, virtual things that they can do um, and different programs that Boone Shops has put together. So uh, we are going to talk with Jason. Hello. You could probably already see, yeah, you already see him. Good afternoon, Jason. You want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to do today? And then maybe when we're done, we can talk about some of the other activities that Boone Shops has to offer. Of course. Yeah. This is uh, this is an activity that we've done with several programs, including some of our online scout programs. Uh, and it's a short segment and it relates to Moana, or I should say Moana relates to it. So if you've seen the movie Moana, you'll appreciate this, and it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit of a game, okay. and you two will be my players in this game. Ooh. <laughs> no pressure. That sounds good? <laughs> yes, yeah, sounds great. Are you ready to try it out? Yes, I think so. Okay, I'm going to start sharing my screen over here, and in just a moment, first things first, I'm going to share a screen of showing you where I am right now which is in the planetarium. And if you've never been to the Boonshaft, uh, the planetarium is my favorite part of Boonshaft. Um, very cool. There's wow. people there right now. <laughs> yeah, there aren't actually, this is a 360 video from YouTube, but I wanted to show you, you know, the, for those of you who haven't been in a planetarium, this will give you an idea of, you know, how you sit in a theater mm -hmm. and you look up. So, well, right now you're watching on maybe a laptop or a computer, but you're watching a rectangular screen. In the planetarium, behind the scenes, our screen is a circle. So that's what we primarily work with is a circular, a spherical image. And this gives you an idea of that. So now that we've taken a look at that, I'm gonna share what my actual screen is in just a moment here. I loved that. So. You just got a little inside look there at the planetarium at Boonshaft. If you had never been, hopefully that just convinced you that you should go see it because that was really yeah. neat. Yeah, so this oh, is actually wow. what I see. Okay. This is, this is what I see day to day. And then we created a lot of this. So um, when I was saying about a uh, spherical screen, mm -hmm. this is how I see. This is the top of my dome. You have to imagine that. This is the front, what people see when they're facing forward. And then way back here is behind me. And I know that's a little weird, but it does, yeah. you all need to know that. I just wanted you to know <clears throat> that here's a picture of Dayton. Right, I was going to say they're at a riverscape. And we can project the sky and change it however we might want. I can get rid of these clouds. And I'll do this first where I can show you what it will look like actually tonight. Um, so we'll set the sun here. 
and the I'll stars will come out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did it very fast. Of course, sunset, not that fast. But, uh, but if you go out tonight, you can see several planets, right? There are uh, Jupiter and Saturn are visible mm -hmm. in the evening sky. There they are. Oh, neat. And if we wanted to make them really big, we could. <laughs> it won't look like that in real life. That it won't look like that. Scary. It just looks like a dot. It's yeah. so far away. But also we show the, uh, the constellations, and I wanted to show you this one right here. So constellations are like connected dot patterns in the sky. Mm -hmm. People for, forever have connected the dots, and uh, I, will, I will ask you. So if I connect the dots over here, way in the back, and tell you that's an animal, what animal do you think that is? A bird? It is a bird. That's right. It's a, it's a swan called Cygnus the Swan. Now this connect the dots is a little bit more difficult, right? Here, again, it's an animal, but it might be, or, a, or an insect, or arachnid. Here, I'll show you. It's a scorpion. A scorpion? I was going to say a yeah. scorpion. That's right, yeah. That is scorpion. It's one of the zodiac constellations. And the ancient Greeks, on one side of the planet, looked at this and said there was a scorpion. While on the other side of the planet, in the Pacific Ocean, they saw Maui's fish hook in the sky. Yeah. So this is the same pattern but different people on different sides of the world saw a different pattern in the sky, but it's basically the same connected dots pattern. And there it is in the sky, and you can kind of see that fish hook, right? Yeah. And this was how they used uh, their ships to navigate. Uh, so if you're facing a boat towards the fish hook, you know that you're sailing roughly south. And that's one of the ways they, they used patterns in the sky. Now I'm gonna fade this out, and I'll show you a little bit about what I'm talking about. Uh, so this is a, a, a navigation program that we do. Mm -hmm. And the program is about how you can use the stars uh, to navigate yourself and how people still do this today. But we emphasize this time period, a couple hundred years ago, when people <clears throat> discovered that in the Pacific Ocean, uh, there were people all over the Pacific Ocean, and it's vast, right? The Pacific yeah. Ocean could mean Hawaii in the Northern Hemisphere, Haiti in the Southern Hemisphere. It could be, it could be Easter Island. Anyway, the Pacific Ocean takes up like, you know, a good portion of the earth. And it was discovered that all of the people on different islands in the Pacific were speaking the same language, were sharing the same culture. And slowly it was discovered that they must be talking to each other that they must be traveling between the different islands, just like in the movie Moana, right? They were mm -hmm. explorers. And uh, so what did they use? What did, how did they get from, how did they get across these vast distances? They used boats, of course. Yeah. And they used the wind, they used waves, and of course they used the stars, which they memorized just like in a planetarium. That's so cool. Uh, so in the planetarium here, I have stars I can watch. Now, let me take this away. I will. I will fade this out for a moment, and you guys will help me with a little game. So these voyages were huge, right? They were, oh, I forgot one thing. These voyages were massive, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I can put up my night sky again, and we can launch ourselves above the earth to see how much of the world actually is the Pacific Ocean. Ooh. We can count down. Five, four, three, two, one, we just launched into space. Whoa! <laughs> All right. And I'm going to hover over Hawaii in just a moment. 
We're in space. So these voyages were not little voyages. They were uh, massive. So this is Hawaii. And now here is, say, we're hovering over Tahiti. Look how much of the world this yeah, is, right? Yeah, that's crazy. A lot, yeah. This, this would be Tansmouth. So a voyage from, say, Hawaii to Tahiti took a month, 30 days at sea. And this would be similar to if you were in Dayton, Ohio, which we're kind of above now, you're traveling all the way to the capital of Ecuador. <laughs> so that's the kind of journey you would take. But these voyages were done with no GPS, right? right. Nothing. They just had the stars and, and the wind to guide them and the waves below. So you are now in my game. And the okay. game is simple. <laughs> it's going to flash here in a moment. Imagine that you are at sea. Imagine you are on one of these boats. You are the navigator. You might be Maui or Moana or just a yeah. Polynesian navigator. And it's your job to get everybody there safely. You might have 20 people in your boat with you. You've got some water, you've got some fruit, and you have to make this long journey. So you need to know the stars. Now the most important star uh, to us in Ohio, for instance, is called the North Star. Mm -hmm. It never seems to move. So let's take a look at that star. I've kind of zoomed in the stars a little bit so that you can see it. The, we'll pretend that it's turning into night and the navigator might get up and he might look outside and see where we are on the Earth. Because if you change your location on the Earth, the stars look a little bit different. All right. This is Polaris, also known as the North Star. Polynesian sailors called it Hokupa'a, which means the star that stands still. Okay. Why is it important? No matter what time of night it is, everything else might move, but the North Star seems to stay in the same spot. Yeah. So that's very important. The only time it changes is if you move on the planet. So if you are, say in Hawaii, the North Star would be here, but if you're in Tahiti, it's all the way below the horizon. This is called the meridian. It's an imaginary line in the sky, but this represents 20 degrees north, the latitude of Hawaii, which is you know, where Hawaii is up or down above the equator of the earth. We are going to imagine that we're taking this little voyage. We can do it, we can do it like this. So imagine you got in a boat and we start to travel. Day after day, the North Star travels a little bit farther south. So when you wake up, the North Star is a little closer to the horizon. And uh, each day, it, 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 it's, it's like this. Now, finally, when you reach Tahiti, which is a vast distance away, Tahiti, the North Star is no longer visible at all. You can't use this. You have other patterns that you need, like the Southern Cross. Then you reach this island. And you have a big party. Right, and, uh, and then you celebrate, you trade, you do whatever, and then you come back and you have to get to the exact same latitude on the earth. And so this is how the game works. I'm going to have you, I'm gonna do this again, but I'm gonna have you tell me when to stop when we reach 20 degrees latitude. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna show you, if you look at my screen again, you guys have heard of this or you've seen this symbol yeah. before? What do, you, what, what, what do you think of when you see this? Uh, like, like hang loose hang sometimes. Loose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is like a navigational tool. They used it to measure the stars. 
So if you put this finger at the horizon, this would be where the North Star was in okay. Hawaii. It would be this far if you held your hand up like this. Oh, the shaka symbol. What I need you to do is figure out a way, whatever your method might be, figure out when we're I feel like I'm having when a we're at exactly attack. 20 horizon. Okay, I Are think you? I got it's it. It's okay. <laughs> think you got it? I think I'm. I think I got it too. So kind of memorize when the North Star is at 20 degrees. Are you ready? Okay. Think yeah. All right, let's go. All right. So again, get in our boat. We've loaded up exactly or pretty close to 30 days uh, worth of supplies, and we need to make it to Tahiti. And uh, once we get there, we'll trade. Sometimes they might trade rock from Hawaii. Um, there was special rock found on their volcanoes. Mm -hmm. But then when they came back, um, it was very important that they got close to that 20 degree mark. If they, for some reason, were more than a few degrees off, they would run out of water oh. or run out of other supplies. Right. And I will uh, let you know, I'm going to stop talking just a minute. And both of you tell me when to stop. Okay. And I'll just wait for you to say stop, and I'll stop it immediately. Almost. Stop. Stop? Okay. Now remember, the life of your crew depends upon this. No, if keep going. No, okay. keep going, keep going. Okay, Captain okay. says keep going. I didn't yeah. say anything. It was the wrong I stop. Did. <laughs> stop now? Stop. Stop. Is it, are you, you good? I'm, I'm panicking over here. Are you? Say, keep going a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, a little more. Hang on. <laughs> and stop. Okay. Are you ready to see how you did? Yes. If you're more okay, than you're four, right. If you're more than four degrees off, you might run out of water. Within four <laughs> degrees, you'll be safe. You and your crew will be safe. Let's see how you did. Well, I definitely sunk the ship. You Woo! are exactly right. You did it. You survived. <laughs> and you are now the hero of your entire crew. You did it. <clears throat> I, I did not. My, my people <laughs> did not make it. That's why we're a team, McCall. If we were on a boat together, we, you know, we always refer to each other. Yeah. Well, you did it. That's the important thing. And, and you did a great job. I'm going to stop sharing the screen now. Well done. That is so cool. Yeah, you cool. learn a little bit and you play a game at the same time. And, and there are, there's uh, things that are relevant to today as well. For instance, um, uh, you know, um, astronauts had to learn the stars in case all of their navigation equipment went out. Oh, that would be so scary. Right. It's except more of a it's panic a, attack than right. fake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> except uh, imagine for a moment, I'll, I'll share my screen one more time here. Imagine that this was your view of the sky. You've got all of these things in the way and yeah. you have to look out the portals, uh, your windows and be able to navigate just in case. Nowhere that is point, crazy. Right. So people still use uh, the stars to navigate even today. The stars stay the same throughout most of your life. So just the planets and the moon and so forth move. Hey, I have one more thing right here. Okay. That this was is, fun, by the way. That was very fun. This is a, a Micronesian shell map. So this isn't the same as Polynesia. This is a, a real artifact from our collections department. Cool. Oh. These are islands. Okay. These are, well, they can, these might be the currents and so forth, mm -hmm. but this is uh, an actual piece people would use to navigate boats oh, once wow. upon a time. That is really neat. That yeah. is cool. 
So that's like their GPS. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Most primitive GPS. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That Those maps were largely personal. They may be passed from father to son or, or something like that. And it may have to do with, uh, could be anything from like, oh, we saw this pot of turtles here, you know, mm -hmm. something. but it, they're very interesting either way. So I that's a part it. of our, that's part of one of the programs that we do talking about navigation. And we have lots of programs like that. That's have you been, so cool. Yeah? yeah. What's something you remember from being in the planetarium? Um, I love seeing like what's in the sky tonight <clears throat> and always learning um, different constellations that are up there. When you showed me Maui's fish, fish hook uh, just a few minutes ago, my daughter, excitedly, she's almost four, I told her about the planet Saturn and Jupiter and we picked them out in the sky and then a week later we were outside with the neighbors and she goes, those are planets. And the neighbors were like, what? And I was like, she's right. And they're like, really? And so then they jokingly were like, so Gia, what, are, what planets are they? And she's like, Saturn and Jupiter. And I love it. Then they looked at me, and I was like, that's right. So, <laughs> so, but now I saw when you brought up tonight's sky, which obviously this changes through the year, um, that Maui's fish hook will be to the right-hand side of those two planets. So while we might have enough clearing tonight to see it, um, mm -hmm. but that makes me excited that I can now point out something new in Maui's uh, fish hook is something that she might remember from the movie, and so then maybe she'll surprise the neighbors again this weekend and, and tell them Maui's fish hook is in the they sky. They show the stars several times in Moana, and they talk about navigation and, yeah. and techniques and so forth. They did their research, and they did a very good job of uh, talking about this, and I've had a lot of students become very excited uh, in the night sky just based on that movie alone, so I, I love that movie personally, and of course, it's easy to memorize from start mm -hmm. to finish, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> That is really neat when a movie is so popular and then, you know, there's actual like some historical truth mm -hmm. or something with science that, that can be applied to it. Um, you know, and how excited Gia was to know the planets. I, I do think when you're a child and you have that first experience of finding something in the night sky, knowing what it is, mm -hmm. uh, it really sticks with you. And yeah. I mean, I'm still a nerd about it. <laughs> Since I was uh, little, I am too. <laughs> Clearly, as we're all podcasting and talking about space, I know, I know. Uh, but no, planets are definitely my favorite thing to see in the sky. Yeah, I just think people forget that they're, for the most part, either in the morning or at night, you can pretty much always find at least one of them. Mm. Um, it's just fun, and it's a nice, steady constant for people to you know, always be able to see Venus early in the morning this time of the year, or Saturn and Jupiter have been out at night for a while now. Um, so that's really neat. So this is something fun that, I mean, kids could do it again. We are adults, and McCall and I, like, we're super engaged in that activity. <laughs> we a little sweaty. We struggled I a little a bit. So, <laughs> so what else, now that kids are back in school, um, you know, some parents are still doing virtual schooling, so they have a lot of time with their kids in their home. Um, what else is Boonshoff doing now that we're right back into the back to school mentality? We have a number of things that, uh, that I should probably mention. One, uh, as our facilities are opening slowly up again, piece by piece, uh, we are starting to do live shows again here in the planetarium. That's great. Uh, they're not announced. They're not on the schedule yet, but if somebody's here, we'll do them. Uh, and we have a number of shows that we're showing. But as far as online, we have... Uh, our new uh, learning pods, okay. call it, and we have distance learning for schools and teachers. 
and we have a number of different um, interesting things coming up. But learning pods are the thing that I would definitely want to mention right now because Boonshop, uh, we had our summer camps, they were pretty successful. We closed off uh, entire areas of the museum that were pretty interactive and we just dedicated that to campers and school children. And now we're doing that. So we've got about, we've got several students right now and they come in and it's a safe environment which is sanitized multiple times a day and there's you know distancing between the students and we just go through student by student helping them because some some schools are operating virtually right you meet with the teacher others you do all the work on your own or with the parent or guardian and so all the students have a different plan and so we just have a member of the staff work with them and we also have brain breaks and of course field trip day which is where they get the whole museum to themselves uh, so that's kind of fun too. But yeah, we have uh, learning pods, which you can check out on the website, are something we're heavily invested in since people need a place, a safe place, right, to send their kids and they know that they're getting the enrichment and the engaging activities. So we have brain breaks and yeah, that'll be my job sometime in the next couple of weeks. We'll, I'll be working with the kids in the pods. On the that is really neat. I, mm -hmm. What a great opportunity for people to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. And now, I, I know that and maybe that's the pods that you're talking about, but the last time we spoke, you mentioned something about kits. So I don't know if it's like people register to be a part of these, these pods. Are you still doing like learning sessions? Uh, yeah, we have, scheduled? I'm gonna share my website here since I've got, Yeah. Um, first of all, here's learning pods. Yeah, these are the um, learning pods which you can find on our website and um, I'll stop sharing that. We also have digital programming, which is, oh my, I've got so many tabs open, I can't help you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds but, like uh, my computer desk. <laughs> right, yeah, Boonshop to Home, these are virtual programs. Oh, wow. So if something, if something fits, um, something you're learning about right now, we can supplement that. We've got all of these different activities and they usually have a video related to them. Mm -hmm. and most of the time an activity guide which you can download, print out, or work on. And these are all uh, aligned to standards and so forth. And then of course we have our, our animals which people just so love to look at the sloth and so forth. So we've got in-depth things that you can check out on our YouTube page. Uh, but you were talking about specifically, McCall, you were, you were mentioning our Camp in a Box program. Yes, yes. Um, so for the summer camp we, have, we offered two, we offered in-house in camps and we also offered these sort of distance learning camps. So you would order a kit, we would send it to you, and then you could either go have instruction from the boon shop over mm -hmm. the internet or just do it on your own. And those camps are still available. Nice. So they're not with the online instruction, but you can purchase the materials from the camps. You can get them from either our gift shop or Sunwatch gift shop or our uh, website. Personally, I like the backyard astronomy camp, but uh, I think probably the most fun, oh, I don't want to say, I don't want to pick one, but Wizard STEM. <laughs> yeah. Wizard STEM is a great camp. So kids it just really sounds like cool. That. It does. <laughs> it's cool. So Jason, how has, I mean, obviously the pandemic has impacted everybody. We've talked about McCall and I, how it's impacted our job, but has it allowed for you at Boonshoff to maybe really push yourselves and your staff to think outside of the box to still be available and relevant and interesting to the community. Absolutely. Um, I think I had an internet glitch there for a moment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it has, it has definitely impacted yeah, yeah. because the first thing was we had to 
we had to take down a lot of the interactives. Mm -hmm. Then we put up some of the interactives again with extensive cleaning. All the exhibits are starting to change. Of course, we're adapting to this. So if you visit us again, our kids' place now looks a little bit different. It has floor activities instead of the same hands-on activities we used to do. So I know you lost me a couple times. Did I answer the question? I, you did. We got most of it. Yeah. We got most okay. of it. Yes, we did. Okay. That yeah. is, um, that's interesting. And, and you know, you got to do what you have to do during this time. And, and that's wonderful that you guys really made the effort to make sure that you're still, you know, here for the community because it really is special that we get to have Boonshaft in this area. It is, and it's not, uh, it's supported by the people in the community. That's why we do that. So I, I should mention that just in a couple of days, when does this air? A couple of days from now? Friday. Friday. <laughs> we have an online auction coming up, September cool. 5th. So that'll be, and we've got a whole bunch of really cool items. They're part of our gala, which of course is online this year instead of, instead of anything else. So um, if you're interested, our Boonshock Bash is coming up, but the auction, uh, you can join the auction whether or not and bid on these different items. And that helps support oh. us. And of course the animals yeah. who are here all the time and no matter if we're closed or not, the animals still need to eat and so forth. So I should mention that you can help that. You can help. And I know that I, our community really does love the Boonshaft. And um, when everything was happening, I know I was talking to other mom friends of mine that are, you know, have kids my daughter's age and even a little bit older were missing that. You know, that was something they could do when it was rainy outside or, you know, anytime there was something cool happening to be able to go and to not have those things now is a little hard. And then as we get into the colder months of the year and there's not so many outdoor days anymore, the Boonshaft I know was a really good resource. So I'm happy that you guys have created all these things and activities for our kids to do. Absolutely. I'm a parent too. And uh, so I know, I know how, how struggle it, how hard it is to not be able to go to these places that we all just kind of took for granted once upon a time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but there are still options and people are still working on these things, so. Wow, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, I um, shared my screen one last time to show you this as one of the items up oh, for cool. bid in the office. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that what is, is that? a That's a replica of, of one of our fossils that we have here and we made a mold and, and this is a professionally done replica that you can bid on in our auction. I was gonna say that looks so real. That looks like a so what it what animal? What animal, yeah. Saber tooth cat. That's Whoa, what I, was I was gonna say something, yeah, those teeth. That's crazy. That's so neat. Yeah. I wonder what my husband would say if I bit like bid a ton of money and got that in my eye. Well, there are a lot of cool things. Uh, from from paintings to to other made by naturalists and 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 things, you know. Just check it out online if you're really interested in the auction, but there's some cool stuff. Well, I like it because you can get something really cool. Like I would, yeah, that's unique. really cool to me. Um, and you get to support something that's that's local and, you know, is for the entire community. Yeah. Right. Aw. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. I love doing our activity. Uh, and thanks for filling us in on what Boonshoft is doing now that we're getting back into school, how you guys are, you know, changing your exhibits, opening things back up. It's always nice to be able to check in with you. And of course, we've got Boonshoft, the website. We'll put that on our web story. Um, Boonshoft also has a Facebook page. So you can look at some of the pictures like that auction item that he just sent us. 
And uh, if you are listening, hopefully this was still pretty easy to listen to. We tried to be descriptive when we all spoke, but if not, you can of course watch this on our WHIO streaming app. Uh, but thank you, Jason, and I'm, I'm sure we'll connect with you again as we continue through the school year, maybe get back into winter, talk about some uh, winter sky events that will be going on. I think that's always fun. Of course. I'd be glad to. Thank you. All right. We'll join us uh, next time for another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. Don't forget, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, as well as Stitcher and WHIO.com. And for all of the video versions of these episodes, you could watch them on our WHIO app. It is free on your streaming device. So uh, we'll see you next time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.